takes for god's sakes a weekly podcast where every wednesday i uh, I take a current event from four separate subjects and those subjects being politics sports relationship and relationship one single relationship and i don't even know the person and leisure and then uh, i give my blake's take on it this week uh, a few things up top first of all i am wearing a v-neck shirt right now and i am not Going to talk about it further, not confident in this look, but it's okay because nobody's going to see me today. Um, Also, another thing, it has been brought to my attention that on a previous podcast, when I talked about why uh, old Deuteronomy from Cats should have been um, deposed and beheaded, uh, it was, um, I I got the, the plot of Cats wrong. Uh, someone told me that apparently, so I said, I thought I was, I am Blake Wexler, and here are my thoughts on cats. Um, I was under the impression that cats was about magical Mistopheles went missing, and that is apparently uh, not correct. Could not be more incorrect. Apparently, it's about uh, a cat dies each year, and then they uh, make the cat reborn again through some bizarre cat magic, and uh, that is the plot to cats. Uh, I apologize for any confusion there. Also, oh, we got some special hello from patrons this week. Oh, and by the way, so I was, I think I first saw cats, like, I don't know, how old am I? Uh, I'm 17 years old, so, like, when I was 12, so, like, five years ago. And it is funny how you can take something to be as fact, and then you just never update that part of your brain and then someone tells you hey uh you've been wrong about this for uh 20 years you know so um another issue with or this was like i don't know how big of an issue it's not like it like derailed my life or anything but uh for the longest time for like decades i thought that hummingbirds didn't have legs and i someone must have told me at some point or i wasn't paying attention in elementary school that like hummingbirds are so fast their hearts beat like a billion times per minute and then i thought that they just like oh and they fly always like they even sleep when they're flying like how a horse like sleeps while it's standing up and so they just don't have legs they never perch and they don't live that long and um the other day what do i fucking see i see a hummingbird (laughs) standing on a on a tree branch and i am like what the fuck is going on over there how is that that is this hummingbird has legs and um i looked it up and apparently they always have so that was another thing that i was wrong about still wearing the v-neck and also i want to thank my patreons my patrons it also another thing that i don't know how the fuck it works i don't know how patron uh patreon works i don't know if these people are, have ever given me money if they uh, are still giving me money i do know that they have pledged money i don't know how to get the money all right so that being said i do want to thank um so maybe these people were like oh, this was a fucking mistake and they've already asked for their money back but it is the gesture that counts so Huge thank you to Michael Morgan uh, for being a patron. Um, you know, there was that huge fucking debacle where I, I called him Michael Morgan. And uh, that is his name. I was just fucking around. His name is Michael Morgan. And um, I want to thank him uh, for donating special hello, special hello to Michael Morgan. I believe 
in um i espn is a fucking mess these days because they don't have sports to cover but i think one of their leading stories is that michael morgan did make the carolina pra- uh, carolina panthers practice squad so congratulations to him i think he got stuck with number 66 which is easily the worst number to have on a football team but uh, if he makes the team i'm sure he could um take any number he wants so congrats to michael also uh congrats to paul garaventa special to, uh, hello to him i believe he just started a baseball glove company and i have a direct hold on i have um a message from him here and it says uh anyone um who uses a rawlings mitt can't catch a cold Woo! that is those are strong words from paul i fucking like it i like that a lot that's insane what an insane you come at the king and you best not miss and he did not miss no he caught that shit uh first section what are we going to talk about this week by the way uh first um well uh, you know why don't i say the first thing last so I can easily transition into it. And that, by the way, is a masterclass in podcasting. For the relationship section this week, uh, I'm going to talk about... What am I going to talk about for relationships? Did I ever, oh, daddy. Saying the word daddy. I'm uh, going to talk about that at length. For sports, I'm going to uh, draft the best athletes ever with the last name Smith. So we're going to have a lot of Smiths in this situation. Uh, leisure, I'm going to give you my favorite my take on the best TV shows of all time. So I'm going to go in ascending, descending order for that. And finally, for the first section this week, I'm going to tackle a subject that... All my my friends are talking about and, and, you know... What the fuck are you guys doing to Crystal Lee? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But I am going to talk about, for the political section, cancel culture. Let's hit it, Lynn. Blake is really funny. It is the political section. This this podcast is kind of set up like a newspaper. Uh, <laughs> that's that's funny to maybe two people who are listening. All right, um, that actually goes for uh, the entire podcast. So this week I want to talk about uh, cancel culture, and um, that is a phrase. So overall, what I want to say. Um, so my take. I'll give you my take later. Um, like so. Actually, this is my initial take. Uh, this is t- uh, my baby take. Cancel culture is like like many internet movements. Um, the thought behind it is great, you know, to hold bad people responsible for what they're doing. Um, but there's all and, and not but and uh, a lot of people who are fighting this internet movement um, don't want their lives to change at all. They um, they just like the way things are. They don't want to evolve. And uh, like many internet movements, the a lot of negativity uh, or negative response to it is because of the worst supporters of it. Does that make sense? Where people, they, they're taking, you know, any negative reaction to quote unquote cancel culture is be, they're not, the reaction shouldn't be uh, overly negative because what it is is actually, it, it's a good thought. You know, it is it is a very the thought behind it is actually uh, very noble. But the worst supporters of cancel culture, you know, people define the whole movement by them when, you know, you, you shouldn't. You should look at the uh, actual meaning behind it. Now, um, this is uh, I just want to go further into it. So the idea to me of holding people accountable, it, it does make a lot of sense, because if someone is a piece of shit and continues to be a piece of shit, 
they should that should be brought up to people and but even more so you know like and, and i'm all for like being like hey this guy's a fucking piece of shit and then you just know he's a piece of shit but even more so i think a movement like this is important because if someone is a threat that's when i think that cancel culture actually is uh helpful if someone's a threat where you know they're uh, a sexual predator or um you know they they've harmed people or you know it either physically emotionally uh they've hurt their careers uh they're a racist like if someone's a, a danger that's when i think a movement like this is actually uh crucial to do um now my big issue with quote unquote cancel culture um is that it either overreacts or underreacts. Um, cancel culture very rarely has an, an appropriate uh, eye for an eye reaction. So my, my opinion here is that if someone used, you know, say like someone used a homophobic slur when they were 13 years old, and they've been a, a model citizen since then, they've, uh, you know, worked for gay rights they've they've condemned their past actions you can still in your head be like up oh, this is a person who was very uneducated and used a homophobic slur but if they've educated themselves since then i think you should give them the opportunity for a second chance however if then uh more recently you see them being a piece of shit then it's like yeah don't fuck with that person anymore you know and by don't fuck with them i mean like fuck them <laughs> does that make sense now um, however, if that same person who used a homophobic slur in high school or middle school or whenever the fuck it were was, they're actually defensive and they're like, oh, you can't say anything anymore. Then yeah, fuck them. You know, that's not a person who deserves a second chance if they're an adult and still, uh, continue to, uh, perpetuate their awful behaviors. Now, Oh, and they need to be contrite also. So here's here's an actual even more serious. So that's like my example, I guess, of uh, when you overreact, where uh, if someone gets canceled for something they did when they were less educated and, um, you know, have shown remorse since then, um, I think where cancel culture is actually at its worst is when it's a phrase to be used and it it doesn't go far enough for the person that it's used about. So... For instance, uh, this week, or maybe it was last week, I guess it was last week, uh, Crystal, people were like, cancel Crystalia. That is, the word canceling there is just such a, like, fucking, you know, childish thing to use. Like, like childish, ugh, maybe not the best word to use there. Uh, maybe, maybe don't use that word in the same sentence as uh, that fucking predator. Because that's my point, actually. You're not, to say Crystalia is canceled, you're almost using a euphemism where it doesn't go far enough to explain what a horrible monster that guy is. You know, like, you don't cancel someone if they've committed a horrific crime. Does that make sense? You know, like, you can't just be like, oh, like, Osama bin Laden's been canceled. <laughs> you know, like it's it doesn't. You know, it, oh, bin Laden wasn't canceled. He was a fucking terrorist. He he created terror and fear. It's like no, Crystalia. You know, if and it seems like he did. If he did these things, you know, like where he was a fucking predator, then he shouldn't be canceled. He should be thrown. He's a criminal. He should be thrown in jail. Joseph Stalin is is is, is canceled. This this guy went online and killed hundreds of thousands of people. No, um. It's cancel culture. I don't. So it underwhelms in some areas and, or, and uh, like this one, and then it overwhelms in others. So I have a new 
Uh, this is my take. I have a new hashtag instead of hashtag canceled. Um, it's a new movement. It's called hashtag take out the trash. All right. And this, if you have an, if you have an issue with someone, if you're like, oh, this person uh, is a racist, then you take, you, you break, hey, uh, name the person's name. So let's say um, Mike Pence. Mike Pence, hashtag take out the trash. And, oh, no, here, let's actually do something better. All right. So Derek, okay? Oh, no, Xander. Xander is always, I've never met a Xander that I like. Xanders are always, like, speaking of fucking predators, a Xander has has no fucking barriers with women or men. That thing, a Xander, you got to be careful about the two biggest predators that I'll see are uh, fucking bros and, like, these beta males who, like, try to, like, slither into, like, women's good grace. Like, ugh, ugh. Just like, oh, God, I am, like, crawling out of my skin right now just picturing just some improviser named Xander being like, I'm a feminist, and then just being, Ugh. So, uh, say Xander, all right, you have evidence that Xander is a piece of shit, all right? You have a text message. So, what you do is write Xander, hashtag, take out the trash, and attach a screen grab of that text, right? Now, and then society gets to decide whether or not uh, they want to deal with that fucking person anymore. So here's the thing. Um, with stand, I'm going to use stand-up as a as a um, example here for how I think people or like how I think society should cancel people or deal with the cancel. Does that make sense? So Chris D'Elia, uh the 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 child fucking predator, the groomer, which is so disgusting. God, the I, I can't imagine a more horrifying phrase because you've you've heard people say like, oh my god, like she's gonna be so hot when she gets older. It's like, what are you fucking saying? What are you saying? She's gonna be so hot. It's like, oh god. And then can you fucking imagine just an eighteen? People have talked about it this week. Uh, talking about an eighteen-year-old, and I'm just I'm only speaking from. So uh, this can be any gender, um, any way you identify. I'm speaking as a uh, a straight guy right now, so I'm gonna say what I'm interested in. Um, but yeah, you can obviously apply this to to any any way you identify. But for me, it's like an eighteen year for a man to be interested in an eighteen-year-old girl is disgust like my i literally have chill i have chill bumps on my skin by the way um i say goosebumps right when you're like creeped out or like excite or whatever you know like but i've also uh my girlfriend and i were watching this um this documentary on serial killers and this one guy like he he went to say he meant goosebumps but he goes um yeah and then when i when i walked into that that store i had chicken skin and I'm like, ugh, chicken skin. I didn't even know. It took you out of it where you're like, oh, God, this guy's a murderer. This guy's a murderer. This guy's illiterate. What is chicken skin? I've also heard someone say chill bumps before, which is like kind of adorable. Chill bumps might actually be better than goosebumps. You know what? Goosebumps might actually be the most disgusting out of those phrases, and it's the most common one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually totally do a 180 here. They were right. The serial killer was right. Chicken skin is less because at least you're like oh there's like bumps on a chicken's skin you know but like a goose bump oh god that's horrible i'm never gonna fucking say that again Ch- chill bumps is actually like the best one shit well let's backtrack so crystalia by the way um going back to that uh oh and by the way oh, i wanted to finish my point so 
even considering an 18 year old to be hot is like disgusting you know because like oh god that girl you know when she was 16 i'm like no thank you but now she's aged uh negligibly so it's just two it's just you know 365 times two elapsed in terms of days now now she's hot it's like no you were checking out a child you piece of shit well it's so fucking disgusting to me so Say Crystalia, and this is what I think should happen, um, what the uh, reciprocal reaction should be to these people. So Crystalia, it's not like he doesn't go with his next point because he belongs in jail and he should never do stand-up again. Where a comedian, you know, who say, we're all picturing the comedians in in our heads. Like one of those fucking stupid comics who, I'm going to use a bad word here, uh, still uses like the word retard or like homophobic slurs or you know like calls women bitches and that shit like someone like that to i believe you should post a video of that person be like hey hashtag take out the trash and then smart intelligent people will be like oh i don't want to give this person my money i don't want to go see this person live and then the morons who still think that it's okay to speak that way they can still go and here's what happens say you have a comic um, I'm trying to think. All right. So like Louis, uh, I'm going to use Louis as an example. So by the way, it is very interesting to see that uh, after what Louis did, um, people were still coming to his aid. And what after what Crystalia did, no one um, tried to support Crystalia. <laughs> and I think it just shows, uh, you know, like how uh, when you're that bad at comedy, <laughs> like not even not even the fucking uber right people are coming to your aid. So um, with Louis, for instance, uh, everybody knows what Louis did. Fucking horrible. So Louis, by the way, um, even though uh, like Louis at one point was a great comedian, you know, he was very technically skilled, though he would still use words and make jokes that were, you know, not things that I agree with. But he was a very technically skilled. He could have been a great, the perfect comedian had he not approached certain topics the way that he did. Um so what happens to someone like Louis is when you uh, become a sexual predator and you're not contrite about it, you go back to start touring again. And the punishment for Louis is that uh, no intelligent people are going to go see him anymore because there's too many great comedians. There's too many great comedians that you can go support with your money uh, than, you know, like for you to continue supporting someone like that. So anyone smart and progressive is not going to see Louis anymore. So all these stupid people who do, and by the way, I am being very serious. I'm not, I'm not being, you know, flipping here. Dumb people who aren't smart are going to keep seeing Louie. It's just true. They are. He's going to, he's still selling out his shows at comedy clubs. But the, what, what's the biggest punishment for Louie is that, yes, his audiences are still going to laugh at like 70% of his jokes the same way. But when he does one of his actual brilliant smart jokes, they're not going to get it. And that's the punishment for Louis is that he's going to realize one day, oh, shit, I can't be smart anymore. The the one good part about me, the one good part about my comedy, I can't do anymore because I've been such a piece of shit. Smart people won't see me anymore. And then he's doomed in a prison of dumb audiences for the rest of his life. And that, to me, as a comedian, is a fucking jail sentence which, I mean, he also maybe should have gotten a jail sentence. He probably should have gotten a jail sentence. He should have gotten both. He should have just performed in front of prisoners. Other sex, other sexual criminals. That should be the punishment. All right? So, that's my take. Cancel culture. 
uh, great idea behind it, um, leaves a bit to be desired, falls short or goes way over the top, and uh, hashtag take out the trash should be the new thing. All right, next, subject. Oh, we're going leisure. Let's shift gears, baby. Let's go leisure. Blake is really funny. Blake is really cool. Blah, 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 blah. Blake, Blake, Blake. Welcome to the leisure section. Now, here's what we're going to do in this section. I'm going to take my favorite show. Now, these, by the way, it's a combination of like what are my favorite shows for my for my personality and then uh also combined with what i think is a great show so it's not just it's not completely objective it's subject it's not completely subjective it's um so for this for this section uh it's not sorry i i hope i hope my voice didn't sound strange there um what i'm going to do for this section is uh i'm going to give you my favorite what i think are the top shows uh of all time that I've ever seen. Okay, so MASH is not going to be on here because I didn't watch MASH. Okay, but I am going to go. Uh, dis- or, uh, fuck me. How do I fuck this up every single time? Descending order. So I'm going to go the uh, furthest away from number one first, and I'm going to go down. Did I just like develop a learning disability? What the fuck just happened? Can I not think anymore? So these are my favorite television shows uh, of all time. All right, and I have them in tears. T I E R S. And some of these sh- some of these shows are so dramatic or so funny they'll have you in tears. T E A R S. <laughs> First, <coughs> oh god, I'm gonna have an asthma attack. First show for the uh, the leisure. Oh Jesus, let me have a sip of coffee. This is a fucking mess. Mm. Oh, that's good. Jo- that's Pete's daddy. Oh, and we will get to daddy in a few minutes. All right, first up in the leisure section. This is my favorite. This is the young upstart, okay? What we do in the shadows. Now, maybe you've seen the movie, okay, with a Tati, Taka Watiti, I believe. Uh, he did um, uh, Nazi Boy Running Around the Woods. What is that movie called? Uh, little, little Boys on Ice. Uh, Jojo Rabbit. And... <laughs> It's not Little Boys on Ice. Um, he did uh, Jojo Rad- Rabbit, and he also, um, I think Boy is another movie that he did was incredible. Um, so him and Jemaine Clement from uh, Flight of the Concords had this incredible vampire movie called What We Do in the Shadows that came out like 10 years ago. And if you haven't seen it, uh, seen it, if you, if you have yet to watch it, you should watch it. I literally think I might have to go to the hospital. So... Um, if you haven't seen it yet, you should see it. Uh, it's so funny. And I never liked vampire shit ever. I thought it was cheap and stupid, but, um, it's one of my favorite things in the entire world. I'm so obsessed with it. It's the premise is that there's like three vampire roommates. And so all the comedy, it's like a roommate comedy, but they're also, you have the layer that they're dead and they interact with other, like, you know, fucking supernatural beings. It is so goddamn funny. And then uh, I think two years ago, three years ago, um, they turned into a TV show. And I was dreading it because I love that movie so much. And I'm like, God, this isn't going to be nearly as good. Uh, the two stars of the movie aren't even in it. Um, I don't know. Like, you know, they directed a couple of them. But, yeah, I, I don't know how much of a hand they have in this. And then I watched it. And it is my new favorite thing in the entire world. So I know I have it last on this list, but I'm so obsessed. That's just out of respect to the other shows that have been around longer. I am so obsessed with what we do on uh, in the shadows on FX. You can watch it on Hulu too. And it is 
the fun it's my new favorite television show to be completely honest it is so goddamn funny uh the three people in it the main vampires i have never seen in anything before and they are so goddamn uniquely funny in their own way and there's a fourth one that's an energy vampire and basically he's just this guy who works in like you know a cubicle and just says the most boring things in the entire world and then sucks energy from you it's so goddamn funny all right so that's the young upstart tier what we do in the shadows i'm not i have nothing to do with this television show i could not recommend it more highly next next tier the comedy central mental illness division so on this one i have the show review with Forrest McNeil, which was, I don't even know where the fuck you can find that. Now, uh, disclosure, this is the only show I've ever acted in, okay? So I do have, uh, I am a little biased here. However, if you haven't seen it, it's one of the most tragically funny shows in the entire uh, world, where the lead character, who's played by Andy Daly, Forrest McNeil, basically his job is to review life events but the things that he reviews, not only are like, he's not like, oh, go to the circus. How was that? He's doing things that are like simultaneously ruining his life, where one of the reviews that he gets is to divorce his wife, who's he, who he's in love with. And he feels this duty to the art of reviewing where he does it. So not only is he doing these funny things and reviewing them he's simultaneously causing himself to spiral into the worst version of a human life and he's hurting everybody around him he's it's self-destruction at its highest level it's fucking incredible uh speaking of mental mental illness the next one on this list nathan for you on comedy central uh you can watch that one i think the whole series is on hulu now that was basically um Obviously, the premise of that is that Nathan Fielder uh, tries to help businesses with, but his uh, his pitch to help them are is always like it's actually not a terrible idea. It's just unnecessary. <laughs> his ideas, so it's it's not terrible. Like on paper, it's not a bad idea, but in actual practice, in like civilized society, uh, it it just can't work. So. Um, and I, I put this in the mental illness division because there's a final episode where it, it's almost not a prank anymore. It's just, uh, it, it's like borderline upsetting where he pretends to be a man that he finds, uh, in, you know, out in the world where this guy, by the way, clearly does have something wrong with him. And, uh, Nathan becomes him, uh, hangs out with his tricks, this guy's parents, uh, poses as this guy and kisses a woman who thinks that he's someone else because he's in these prosthetics he like is raising money for charity by like you know in, in, in by walking across this tightrope it is um actually going back and watching it it's kind of hard to watch it's actually very upsetting to watch but the rest of the show absolutely fucking hilarious next i'm going with the amazon prime division okay catastrophe and fleabag uh, these are two of the best comedies out there. Um, Rob Delaney and that incredible actor. What God? What is her name? Um, it's their show. It's an English show. It's fucking great. That's another one that has a lot of heart and is very funny. And um, Fleabag, obviously, everyone's seen Fleabag, and you can bang these out immediately. Like, you could probably watch a season. You could watch a whole season in a night very easily. Okay, so if you haven't seen those, check those out. Next tier the it's not breaking bad but fucking close enough division that's ozark ozark's great i think everybody loves ozark it's funny i was listening to i'm gonna slow down i'm gonna slow down i've been speaking very quickly i'm gonna sip of water 
Mm. Okay. My girlfriend and I, uh, we have this bit around the house where um, we have a dog named Ollie, and Ollie calls me Papa. Uh, obviously, he doesn't really, but, you know, it's like relationship around the house bit. So um, when Ollie sees me, like, Julia goes like, uh, oh, like, 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 Ollie, it's Pop. It's Pop. And um, I have a water business. This is a bit that we, I know. I know. We have this bit where uh, we, I have this business called Papa's Water. And basically, it's just this business where I have water. And like when Ollie's thirsty, I'm like, oh, do you want some of Pop's famous water? And it's just water I get out of the sink. But that is a life bit that we do with our dog. Anyway, so I just had some of Papa's famous water and it was and it was room temperature. Okay, Uh, Ozark's great. I was listening to this podcast uh, with um, it's great. I think I mentioned it on a previous show, but it's called All the Smoke with um steven jackson and matt barnes two former nba players and it's interesting they ask every player that they have on like oh what are you binge watching right now and all of them say ozark so it is a show where in my mind i'm like oh is this just like a white show but it's not so ozark great uh jason bateman the uh complete apathy that that guy has for his marriage i'm like wow during an argument i wish i could do that you know the complete just not giving a shit just like all right okay just complete apathy to his wife when she's upset i'm like my god that is something to strive for okay so and by the way is that is that the main thing i got out of that show about drug cartels and and uh and illegal accounting yes next division the horny high schooler division friday night lights so this is actually a show i'm watching right now I'm, i'm talking about these shows as if nobody's ever heard of them these are some of the most famous shows out there um Friday Night Lights is sick. Uh, I think we're in the fourth season now. Um, there is some awkwardness where it's like, I don't know how, how old Riggins is. This girl's 16. I don't know what the fuck's going on there. I, I think I might fast forward through this. Uh, the coach is great. Everyone like becomes a better actor during the show too, where first season, I think there was one good actor. Um, it was Jesse Plem. By the way, Jesse Plemons is in it. Uh, Michael B. Jordan is in this season. Like, there's some big actors that end up coming out of this show. Uh, so Friday Night Lights, it's sweet. You know, like there is some drama in it. You know, but uh, it's just a show that'll make you feel good. Like you, these shows, and you'll see this in the later rounds. Um, when there's a family that you fall in love with, like that's my favorite kind of show. And uh, you're really falling in love with all these characters, and you're cheering for them. Next, the Brown Liquor Division, okay? Peaky Blinders and Mad Men. Now, these shows, I call it the Brown Liquor Division because the the amount of whiskey and scotch drank on these fucking shows is in the thousands of gallons. So, Peaky Blinders is cool. I'm not positive if it's that good of a show. Uh, It doesn't belong this high up on the list, but I, I just wanted to put it in the Brown Liquor Division, but it is really cool. So if you haven't seen Peaky Blinders, it's great. The uh, guy who plays uh, the Scarecrow in Batman is uh, the main character. He's awesome in it. Um, There is something about it where you do kind of, you can kind of guess what's going to happen at the end of each season, but um, it's really, really cool. So that's a show to watch. If you like drinking straight liquor, do that. Mad Men, uh, even more so, okay? That's a show to get blackout drunk while watching. Um, And that is a show where uh, going through a breakup, um, I would say five years ago, no, more than that, Jesus Christ, like seven years ago, um, I would uh, drink a lot and watch that show in a suit. I actually have a bit about that on my uh, first album. The Blake album, available everywhere you get your albums. So 
Mad Men uh, is great. You know, it, it has its lead character, John Hamm, is like a very flawed hero. And those are great shows to watch because you are cheering. It's kind of fun to cheer for a bad guy. You know, there has to be some redeemable traits there. You know, you can't be a sociopath about it, but it is fun to cheer for a very flawed person. Next, the prestige comedy division. All right. Uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia and Curb Your Enthusiasm. And you're like, Blake, are are you you really going to put an FX Always Sunny in Philadelphia in the same division as HBO's Curb Your Enthusiasm? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Always Sunny has been going for like 14 or 15 seasons. They're in fucking syndication. And the fact that that show started from absolutely nothing. Danny DeVito wasn't until the second season, by the way. And you have these people who made a little pot. It's just like a show. They're on the right side of all social issues in real life. Like, And then also, ah, fuck. I would put in, um, I would put Eastbound and Down in this one as, as well. I would also put Eastbound and Down in this category. Um where you have these people who are the worst people in the entire world, but you love them. Um, my favorite Always Sunny episode ever was uh, The Gang Saves the Day, that episode, because I think it just perfectly encapsulates how awful these people are, where um, basically a guy is uh, the gang, you know, the the main characters are all in like a 7-Eleven. Someone robs the store and basically the episode goes from character to character and they're daydreaming about what the perfect scenario would be of how they would save the day and Dennis's perfect scenario. So this is, he has a choice of literally anything happening, anything he could, he could, you know, shoot, like he could tackle the guy. He could have a parade in his head, you know, like, like he could be a hero. This is, this is Dennis's perfect situation. Um, he goes to challenge the robber, the robber shoots Dennis in the head, putting him in a coma for months. He falls in love with a large-breasted nurse, and then uh, she heals him back to uh, back to who he is. And then they go uh, rollerblading, and she rollerblades into the street and gets hit by a bus. That's his perfect scenario. If his nurse doesn't get hit by a bus and killed, not the perfect scenario. That has to be part of it. Um that reminds me of a story actually once where I worked with this fucking hilarious guy uh, on Key and Peele named James, and he was the uh, the writer's assistant there at the time. And our one of our bosses was like, uh, it was James's birthday, and she goes, uh, "Hey, uh, James, what would be like?" Because James was kind of a character, so she wanted to like see, see if he'd say something weird. And she was like, "Hey, uh, James, what would uh, what would be your ideal birthday?" And he'd be like, oh, "I don't know, probably you know, have a couple of drinks, you know." get in the car, go for a drive. And she was like, oh, no, no, like, this is your ideal thing. Like someone, like, you know, you could have like a limo or a driver. And James goes, no, that would be part of it. And <laughs> still makes me laugh. Uh, curb your enthusiasm. We're all on board. We're all on board with that. It's, it's modern Seinfeld with a character who's somehow become more likable than Jerry Seinfeld is right now. Next, the organized crime division. All right. And now we're getting into the top four. Okay, organized crime division, Breaking Bad, which, by the way, I think has one of the best. That might be the best finale I've ever seen. The Wire, which is there's no show like it. That is a show. There's absolutely no show like The Wire. It's incredible. The characters in that show, I've you, you'll never see anything like it again. It's amazing. 
my what if i was like my favorite season of the wire i would have to say is the second season <laughs> it's not uh the wire and then sopranos i have at number two that's it's a family it, it's you know my girlfriend and i uh i might rewatch it again i've never rewatched one of these shows before and my girlfriend's like i don't think i'm gonna like this show it's a you know if it's gang and violence and i'm like it is a gang it is a mafia there is violence but it's a show about a family and that's why that show is so incredible. And speaking of a show about a family, my number one show, what do you think it's going to be? Huh? You have no idea what this is going to be, do you? The number one show is Six Feet Under. Wow. Six Feet Under is the best show I've ever seen. It's about a family that runs a funeral home, okay? And this is what gave it the tiebreaker over Sopranos for me. I love it just as much as The Sopranos. But what makes me love it a little bit more is that they don't need the violence and shit to make it that great, which is incredible to me. So that show, it is uh, so tragic at times. That show, it's the only show ever that had one of the funniest lines I've ever heard. I'm not going to give any spoilers here, but um, there's one line in that show where uh, the one of the main characters, uh, he's gay. And he brings his um, boyfriend, this is very, very early, I'm not giving anything away, to um, a party. Uh, or I don't know if it's a party or if it was a funeral. <laughs> That's why, that really actually kind of, you know, really subs up this show. Is it a party? This is a show where funerals are uh, parties. And he brings this guy and the guy's a cop. He's in full uniform. And then um, the mom goes like, hey, who, like, who is that? And then uh, the guy goes, oh, that's my friend. And they go, you're friends with a cop? And it's just one of the funniest fucking lines. And uh, there's also another episode, and I'm not exaggerating here, where I cried in a way that I've only cried when I've lost family members. Like, it's crazy. There was an, I, I literally, it, t- it I, I sobbed in a way. And by the way, there's like eight seasons. You know, you're not going to figure out what the what, what fucking episode I'm talking about if you haven't seen it. I sobbed like, <gasps> like my girlfriend and I had to hold each other. It was crazy. It was as if we watched an execution. <laughs> it was crazy. So that's my take. Best show I've ever seen. Uh, six feet under. And uh, the next section, by the way, ooh, we're going a little long here. I'll keep these next ones quick. The next section. Oh, we've got sports. The best Smiths. In sports history. We'll be right back. Blake is really funny. Blake is really cool. Blah, 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 blah. Blake, Blake, Blake. And we're back. All right. The first two sections took longer than I usually like. So I try to keep this podcast between around 45 minutes. This might be a little long today. But I'm going to keep this section tight. Here is my take on the greatest Smiths in sports history. There's been a lot of Smiths. There's a lot of Smiths out there in the world. Now, the name Smith is actually, uh, you know, because all names come from uh, jobs. You know what I mean? You know, like a, like I'm trying to think, uh, like like Philip Welder, you know, was probably a welder. I couldn't think. Uh, Albert Bricklayer, uh, his great-grandfather, lay bricks. So the Smith, um, I believe, came from the job where anyone with the last name Smith, their ancestors were in the band The Smiths. I'm pretty sure that's right. So here is, uh, I'm going to draft the best Smiths or my favorite Smiths in sports history. All right. Number one, 
overall pick. I'm going Ozzie Smith, all right? Baseball player for the... Oh, by the way, uh, a little little disclaimer here. If you're not a sports fan, I would skip this section. So if you can look into the notes, I'll tell you where the uh, the relationship section starts. And uh, I would skip this if you're, not a, if you're not a sports fan. All right, number one pick. I'm taking Ozzie Smith, all right? I believe he was a shortstop for the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. He's famous for doing that backflip, you know? And those Cardinals jerseys back then, baby blue with the red lettering, and those birds sitting on a bat, absolutely beautiful. I'm taking Ozzie Smith, all right? And he's a Hall of Famer, I believe. Number two overall pick, I'm taking J.R. Smith, all right? Now, J.R. Smith, I'm going to be honest, probably would have been at the bottom of this draft before. However, uh, he's crazy, he's hilarious, and that video of him beating the shit out of a looter um, who was trying to distract from all these incredible Black Lives Matter protests, who uh, broke the windows of J.R. Smith's car, and J.R. Smith just kicked the living, literally kicked with his, 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 like, with Air Force Ones, kicked the shit out of this bitch in the middle of the fucking street. You know, uh, like, I, I loved watching J.R. Smith kick that guy. So, J.R. Smith is my number one, uh, number two pick. Next, we get to uh, former Philadelphia Eagles, okay? I'm taking L.J. Smith third and Torrey Smith fourth. L.J. Smith, by the way, um, had tattoos on his triceps. His left tricep uh, had L and his right one had J, which made me think as a child that I thought it would be cool to get B.W. tattooed on my triceps with my middle name, uh, middle initial, which is also W, below my neck. And thank fucking God I didn't end up doing that. Torrey Smith, number four, uh, he won a Super Bowl with the Eagles, was actually instrumental in that playoff run. Number five, sticking with the Philadelphia sports theme here, Ish Smith, who played with the Sixers for a little while, was one of the only competent players on those process teams. Uh, Not great, wasn't great, but the fact that he was competent, I believe, uh, gives him a special place in all of our uh, Sixers fan hearts. Sixers fan hearts. Bruce Smith. Number six, I believe Bruce Smith is the all-time sacks leader unless that uh, gap-toothed uh, superstar overtook him um, and Michael Strahan. So Bruce Smith is number six, an incredible defensive end. A couple more defensive ends on this list before we go on. Josh Smith, the basketball player, number seven. Now, Josh Smith, interesting story about him. So I had this great Comedy Central sketch that I wrote. Um, this was probably six years ago. And it was right after the Red Wedding um, from Game of Thrones. This is a true story. So uh, I had this sketch developed. It was for the NBA playoffs. And I was like, okay, so what we'll do here if when when the Clippers defeat the Houston Rockets, we'll basically do a Red Wedding sketch where it's Clipper fans overtaking Lakers fans as the kings of Los Angeles. And... Every, you know, like the cake is going to be filled with like red ice. You know what I mean? It's going to be this quick reveal that, you know, all the guy all, like, oh, shit, the Clippers fans are here and they're killing all the Lakers fans. So that is that was the Red Wedding sketch that I had written. And it was it was going to be fucking it would have launched me into superstardom. And uh, what ended up happening is that the Clippers blew that series um, part and partial to Game 7, where Josh Smith just fucking went off and hit all these threes. So my sketch, uh, we canceled the sketch, and I had to write another one, which was still funny, but um, it was not as good as that one, all right? So um, for that reason, I hate him. I hate Josh Smith, but I do respect him for single-handedly destroying my career. Uh, Steve Smith Sr., number 8. He's my 8th Smith. Uh, Steve Smith Sr., um, the wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers. Those those Carolina Panther teams, by the way, 
um, were... God, I really, I feel like they would have been really, really fun to cheer for, but they beat my Eagles. Like, uh, they were a big rival for the Eagles during that time, so I couldn't cheer for them. But they had uh, Steve Smith, like Jake DeLome, who I feel like would have been fun to cheer for. I, no, he wouldn't have. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know where I got that. He would, fucking Jake DeLome, that actually would have been a detriment. I, that would be a reason alone not to cheer for the Panthers. Um, Julius Peppers, who was awesome. So there are Darius Rucker. Um, there would have been really cool players to cheer for on that team. But uh, no, no, my Eagles, uh, before we won the, it was one of the years, one of the dark, dark years before we won the Super Bowl. Steve Smith Sr. was number eight. Number nine, Will Smith. The the actor? The rapper? The triple threat? No, no. Will Smith, uh, defensive end for the Saints. Um, he had 67 career sacks and was a pro bowler in 2006. Number 10, Alex Smith, who I appreciated. He was drafted uh, first. I believe this was one of the first times ever um, that a college had the number one pick in both basketball and football. Um, Andrew Bogut was drafted number one overall in the NBA. See what I mean? If you, if you're not a sports fan, you probably blew your fucking brains out by now. Um, Andrew Bogut was drafted first overall, uh, to what fucking team, but he played, he played for Utah. So Bogut, Oh, the bucks, I think Milwaukee drafted him number one overall, I believe. And then, um, the San Francisco 49ers drafted Alex Smith, the quarterback number one overall. And he, uh, he played for the Washington football team, which I fucking hate. So those were points against him, but he almost fucking died because he broke his leg and got infected. So, and he made it through. So congrats to Alex Smith. Uh, he's on the list at number 10. Number 11, Geno Smith. I thought this dude was going to be an incredible quarterback. I was wrong. Number 12. Oh, this is the bad quarterback division, by the way. Number 12, Achilles Smith. Now, he's a guy who I believe the Eagles thought about drafting instead of Donovan McNabb, but they went McNabb, which ended up being the right choice, though McNabb has emerged as kind of a piece of shit. Quick thing about McNabb. I think McNabb was a guy who, if he was treated with respect by Philadelphia, wouldn't have become the piece of shit that he has become. But because the city of Philadelphia has given Donovan McNabb an inferiority complex, that's why we have the Donovan McNabb that we have today. There's my take on that. That's a sub-take. Number 13, this is the Dallas Cowboy uh, division. That's why they are my last picks. Tyron Smith, seven-time Pro Bowler. He's incredible. A tackle uh, it would be great to have Tyron Smith on your football team. And number 14, my least favorite Smith of them all, Emmett Smith. Fuck him. Final section, relationships. Blake is really funny. Blake is really cool. Blah, 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 blah. Blake, Blake, Blake. Oh, yeah, Daddy. You are back with the final section, and it's about Daddy. Um, welcome to the Daddy section. It's the relationship section. Now, this covers, with relationship, uh, I will generally... Use it to talk about friendships, uh, family relations, and also uh, or familial relationships, and also romantic relationships. And this this combines all of them, Daddy. So uh, the word Daddy, I want to dive in here. Um, it was Father's Day this past weekend, and I, I apologize for not dropping a special uh, episode on the subject. So Daddy is my favorite. Uh, if you know me personally, or even if you don't, you know I say Daddy all the time. It's my favorite word. And it's my it's my favorite word because it's the worst word. Um, daddy, there's never a good time to say daddy. All right. I guess if there's a little like a little girl, a little daughter and she says, daddy, daddy, that's really cute. 
But even like a little boy saying daddy is strange to me. Like I, I prefer there's so many better words for a child to call their dad, you know, like dad, <laughs> for instance. Uh, we talk about the word dad, uh, dad, um, pop, papa, papa. But is that a grandfather? Th- papa. No, Papa's dad. Papa's dad. It's also the name of a uh, comedian who hosted uh, Who Wants to Be Jerry Seinfeld's Friend on NBC. (laughs) The marriage ref. That's that's what it was called. Who Wants to Be Jerry Seinfeld's Friend? Um, uh, It's a rhetorical question. So, oh, fuck. I just got myself there. All right. uh, Papa um dada i think is really cute dada is probably my favorite one for a child to call their dad um father that's weird that's a child calling their dad father is like what is more upsetting than that you know i've said this multiple times but if you call your dad father you don't have a good relationship with your dad um or you like work for him uh daddy daddy being also so this is why also it's it's such a it's like my favorite word because of how like disgusting it is like daddy is sometimes used in a sexual way which is crazy it's fucking crazy like how is that you just don't mix business with pleasure business being your family pleasure being fucking like it is so weird like daddy oh yeah daddy it's like yo do not say it what are you what about this what about a father is turning you on it's so crazy that that's a thing I wouldn't be surprised if that's just something that was like made up in a movie once and people were like oh yeah people say daddy because I've never heard it in person it is hey daddy it's like oh what the hell I don't this doesn't make me feel good at all. Um, yes, hello. Here's a twenty dollars. Go get yourself an ice cream. I am your daddy. Um, it's so gross. Uh, it's sexual, even though it's the least sexual thing in the entire world. It's just. Uh, and then men are so weird about their dads too, which makes me laugh. You know, like men. Like I say, I love you to my dad all the time. I give him a big hug. But like, you know, there's some guys who like they shake their dad's hand which is hilarious. So to call their dad daddy at some point, I'm sure that dad felt very uncomfortable with that um, for some stupid fucking reason. That's that's my favorite thing about like, you know, father-son relationships is when, you know, classic masculine norms get involved. It's like all that's doing is hurting your relationship with your father. Like, oh, you don't want to like, I, you want to give your dad a hug. Your dad wants to be hugged, but they just won't allow themselves to do it because like, well, if I hug my dad, I'm gay. <laughs> This is the stupidest fucking shit in the entire world. So daddy, daddy is my favorite word in the entire world because it's, if you seriously, it's gross. There's just no, it's used in so many ways and there's never a good time to use it. So that's my take on the word daddy. It's great because it sucks. And now the final section, I'm just going to close this, this little sucker up. Blake is really funny. Blake is really cool. Blah, 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 blah. I went to uh, by the way, welcome to the welcome to the close. I just went to open up my iPhone to uh, you know read the review of the week, and my iPhone suggested uh, you know how it like suggests things that like you do commonly. It's like hey, uh, it suggested that I open up the weather app, and I'm like God, if I become that boring, that that's my go to app. Uh, review of the week, everybody. And by the way, I do need another one of these. So this week's 
review of the week is coming from. If you can, just write a fucking review, the weirdest thing that you can think of, and uh, do try to involve how strong my legs are in it and give it a five stars please all right uh review of the week where's the soundtrack question mark exclamation point five stars from grandmaster flex who is a personal friend i'm just listening hold on i'm just listening until the podcast soundtrack drops great soundtrack thank you very much that is from uh the soundtrack um jingle jangles or from jingle joe mckenzie and lynn short who both um i stole those from the todd glass show with permission and uh, that was from Grandmaster Flex. Thank you very much. And he used uh, he did capitalize podcast in that review, which is my uh, my uh, I do prefer that when you do that. All right, that's the podcast for this week. Black Lives Matter. Donate to those uh, organizations in the body of the podcast notes. Also, hosting Quizzo, baby. No one has joined that yet. So if you would like, it's thirty five bucks, forty minute session, up to eight friends, and I give you your own private quizzo game which has come up uh which is created by philadelphia quizzo legend johnny good times we're in a partnership together and he's great all right you're great i love you again black lives matter and uh i will be back for the patrons on friday with jokes but for the rest of you people i'll see you on wednesday goodbye Blake, 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 Wexler, Blake, Wexler, Blake, 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 Wexler, Blake, Wexler, Blake, Blake, Wexler, Blake, Wexler, Blake, Wexler, Blake, Wexler, Blake,